and we're here with another edition of Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Thank you all for joining us as you do each and every week for this program. And always a delight and a pleasure and a privilege to go ahead and speak to all of you and give you great information. For this episode, we're going to talk about cannabis reform. And I must tell you, you know, there are times where I might have to wait several months to go and get a guest on the air. But, you know, this one, it took about a good six months, it feels like, just to get everything all pinned down. But I'm glad that we have our guest on the program. He manages the largest cannabis cultivator, producer, and full-service brand fulfillment provider, or partner, excuse me, in the state of Nevada. Leveraging over a decade of cannabis industry experience, he's demonstrated a success, a history of success in the realms of strategic partnerships and brand development. And also has definitely given back, has definitely looked to help out in various causes for opportunities for those that are disenfranchised and those have not had the opportunity to get themselves in this industry. Because as we know, this industry is very progressive. We like to acknowledge diversity, equity, inclusion. And that's one of those things where here, I want to go talk to our guest. He's the president and founder of the president and CEO, excuse me, of Flower One, Kellen O'Keefe here on Blunt Business. Kellen, thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. And I'm uh, I'm sorry it took so long for us to connect uh, and make this happen schedule wise, but I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. And, and uh, again, thanks for having me. You're an important guest. And I think the discussion was not anything we need to go and hold back on. We definitely wanted to go and have the discussion and make it happen. So for those of you that have been listening to the program for any significant amount of time, you know that we have talked with Weldon Angelos. And, you know, we first spoke with him on High Society with Paxton Quigley on him present with Vivian McPeak. So if you want to go back and look for the story with him, but I'll briefly just give you a couple of things that were mentioned about him upon his release from prison after serving 13 years of a mandatory 55 year prison sentence for selling $900 worth of cannabis to the sting operation. And we're hearing this. Okay. We've heard stories like this and it's been too common. And he was once an aspiring musician, dedicated his life to ending cannabis prohibition and mass incarceration through the Weldon Project. So make sure to go and take a look for that. Plus, uh, you can also go to the website for him, which is theweldonproject.org. Now, why I bring this up is, Kellen, you joined 100, over 150 artists, athletes, producers, lawmakers, policy experts, reform advocates, and leaders in business, law enforcement, and academia signing a letter back uh late last year from the advocacy group, the Weldon project to president Biden. The letter was urging the president to quote, grant a full complete and unconditional pardon to all persons subject to federal criminal and civil enforcement on the basis of nonviolent marijuana offenses. End quote. But now before we ask why you chose the sign, talk to me about what the kind of impact this letter could really make when it comes to full scale pardoning by way of legalization or executive action. Sure. Um, well, I've had the the honor of knowing Weldon a long time, and and like you mentioned, you know his story is very unique. And and any opportunity to work with him and the people that he has been able to organize uh, and and unify towards uh, the cause of criminal justice reform, um, you know, I'm 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 ecstatic to do, and I feel honored and privileged to be able to do. Uh, again, Weldon has done an incredible job of, uh, you know, actually, you know, taking action uh, and taking the opportunity or the, um, you know, the, the very unfortunate circumstances that he faced uh, and turned them into, um, a, a, you know, an opportunity to educate people about criminal justice reform and, um, 
you know, in particular, uh, how outrageous some of these cases are. You know, Weldon was prosecuted and, and sent to prison for selling less than what would be our minimum order size to an individual dispensary today, um, you know, in the legal cannabis market. And so, you know, for him to be separated from his family uh, and to, you know, and that, oper- you know, again, um, you know, is a is a, a crime and a crime against humanity. And so, you know, first and foremost, as an advocate, you know, we really want to see these laws changed and we want to see people that have been sent to prison for cannabis uh, released. And so, you know, Weldon is taking a number of different actions through reform and any opportunity that he really can um, to help get as many people out of prison as possible. And so, you know, again, I was very proud to be included in that group and and hope that, you know, the more opportunities that we have and the, and the more um, the more pressure that we can put on on our politicians, um, both at a local and federal level across the board, uh, the sooner that we will actually see these these prisoners released. Now, the president did make this a key campaign pledge. And so far, as far as I've seen, there has been no response yet to this letter. Has there been anything you could tell us that has been said on behalf of the administration? Was there anything, any kind of olive branch or any kind of inroads towards the discussion? No, unfortunately not. And it's incredibly disappointing for those uh, that, you know, have supported. uh... You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The administration in the past to see that cannabis has been completely abandoned and ignored uh, as an issue um, that was, again, you know, uh, very much campaigned on. So I, I believe uh, it's it is unfortunate. I'm, I'm hopeful that we will see um, some form of federal reform uh, in the coming months uh, or years. Uh, but it, again, it's taken far, far too long. Uh, and again, the fact that you know people are still in prison for for cannabis crimes and continue to be put in jail for cannabis crimes across the country 
uh, is is not fair and something we hope to see change soon. I hope so. I mean, and now there have been uh, some attempts, I think more or less from the financial or from the uh, economic fronts, in order to try to get things happening with the Safe Banking Act. And, you know, there have been congressional officials that, you know, there's the three Democrats in the Senate, uh, Wyden, Booker, Schumer, to lead that front, that have been trying to push forward. And while the president has not been responding so much, have you heard from Democratic leaders that have said they would try to get this message to, to the president much more clearly and much closer to the vest? Yes, well, I, I am also uh, on the board of directors for the United States Cannabis Council, um, and so deeply involved in in lobbying at the federal level uh, to you know push forward the, the the Safe Banking Act and and federal uh, legalization. So um, you know, yes, I, I do believe that there are you know uh, a number of organizations like the USCC uh, working hard to. Uh, try to continue to advance these discussions at the federal level. Uh, we were in Washington, D.C. Uh, not too long ago, and we'll be heading back to Washington, D.C. again in March uh, to meet with pol- uh, politicians on both sides of the aisle um, in you know, both the Senate and Congress uh, to continue to progress these discussions and, and try to uh, push uh, reform at the federal level. Now, in the letter, when you responded about signing the letter, you made the point and said that the letter was, quote, about making some noise and generating some buzz and some publicity around, end quote, around mass incarceration for cannabis offenses, as well as the fact that cannabis laws have historically targeted minorities and people of color disproportionately while legal cannabis markets thrive. And you make mention of that, quote, we need to ensure, and I think many want to make sure that the industry and the laws are changed that are changed, do not forget about the people that are still incarcerated and paying dearly for former drug laws. Now, one thing I want to also ask, too, is um, are there any examples right now in any of the countries or any of the states right now that have legalized that have done the proper, have given way to a proper model of giving opportunities and actual social reform so the industry can integrate properly? You know, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if there's such thing as a perfect model out there yet. Um, we continue to see social equity um, as a major, major issue. And there, there, without question, are more and more social equity licenses being issued across the country as every year goes by. So I would say that that is forward progress to some degree. Um, however, we've you know, yet to see uh, whether or not those licenses translate into the type of social equity and wealth creation and job creation um, that they were intended to create. Uh, so I, I, you know, I think that the perfect program remains to be created uh, or, or imagined yet, um, but I do think we're making forward progress in that area. Because I know that there's a thing where in Canada-based that, you know, they obviously when they put, they rolled out legalization there, that was one thing that was really brought up. And, there have been some changes, like, uh, for instance, uh, I don't know, New York Times actually talking about the fact in Canada that they have made Canadian justice a little bit fair with heavily radicalized arrests for possession mostly ending, but there's still vows on amnesty, illicit sales, and indigenous inclusion that are still in the progress. And this is going a couple months ago by New York Times reporting on this. But the thing was, I think about where Chuck Schumer, the senator from New York, when he talked about seeing what Colorado was able to do with the rollout of legalization there and 
being concerned about the damage it could do to the economy or to the area itself in terms of it just the you know standard of living and what kind of things that were always brought upon by any stigma of cannabis being legalized and they saw that everything worked well which prompted Schumer to push forward cannabis legalization and he's been the biggest proponent right now obviously it works for him because of the state of New York and obviously even there when Andrew Cuomo, the governor, former governor, actually signed the bill to legalize last year, a lot of information and a lot of stress was on social justice. So the thing is, wouldn't it be more suitable to have that prototype, just like you know, the senator from New York saw, that example in a smaller scale, a prototype, if that can be done in one state or in one area, then can we see a much more of that argument being supported? Uh, I, I think if I'm following you correctly, you're referring to the support for, you know, individual state markets versus what might be the assumption of interstate common, commerce uh, coming Colorado with federal legalization. The, Colorado shows, showed was to be the antithesis of what cannabis rollout could be done, a legalized rollout federally could create and how it can be done correctly and it can be done safely and it could show definite benefits in many different aspects. So what I'm saying is, one state that's doing the rollout that is stressing social justice, second chances, opportunity zones, and showing that here's the example of what a state is doing right now. If New York could be the example, and then you go to the federal government and say, listen, New York is one of your biggest states. They're doing it right. Look at what's happening here. Maybe California doesn't show up, but New York definitely has it. Now it's time for you to go in just the same where the, the, the senators there will then see, you know what, if it's doing it right in New York, we can do it right for the country. Sure. I think you're OK. So, but, you know, to me, uh, Colorado and New York, you know, started off very, very differently. Right. One being a, a limited license state with kind of an oligopoly of, of a very select number of medical restricted licenses and the other being effectively an open market. So um, I think it will be very interesting to see how New York evolves from here. I do believe that. The limited license markets like New York, uh, Florida, Massachusetts, uh, New Jersey, all of these states will likely move to more um, more open licensing uh, and at least a, a much larger number of licenses than exist in the markets today. Um, and with those new opportunities, I believe social equity uh, will be prioritized. So you you know you will see a number of the licenses issued in those markets. Uh, hopefully go to social equity applicants. And and so, um, again, as, as we, you know, talk about this now, um, you know, the book or the, the, the chapters are still unwritten uh, as to how these licensing and these programs kind of are completed. So, uh, again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But it does appear that that is the way things are, are moving or progressing. Now, late last year, uh, I did get to speak with the folks at the U.S. Cannabis Council, notably Stephen Hawkins, the president and CEO. And, you know, I made it a mission on Blunt Business to talk to every one of the organizations that are providing lobbying efforts that might also include, you know, members of the alcohol and tobacco industries embedded as well. And with each organization that we wanted to make sure that each of these organizations also had a division that spoke specifically to diversity, equity, inclusion, and more to social equity as general. And with that, 
you were recently appointed back in November as one of the U.S. Cannabis Council's board of directors. You mentioned that their ongoing efforts to end federal prohibition and create a more ethical industry are commendable and align with our vision with the future of cannabis. So, so far, what can you tell me within that division that has come on board and they, they really what the U.S. Cannabis Council has done in terms of personnel and in terms of, you know, discussions to help further social equity and the discussions that are being done with those in Washington, D.C.? Uh, sure. So, you know, uh, again, uh, you mentioned that you you talked to Stephen Hawkins uh, about about this in the past. And so you'll understand that this is, you know, he is a, a, an advocate first and foremost and uh, a true professional and uh, cares very deeply for the cause. Um, and so he has, you know, formed an organization with a tremendous amount of integrity. Um, he also has, you know, people like to hear Johnson, um, you know, working on uh social equity causes and making sure that these issues are front and center um, when when we are doing our lobbying efforts in in Washington DC and I can speak you know firsthand as I was just there uh, you know recently and we'll be there again in March and when we have the opportunity to meet with politicians uh, and and senators from both both sides of the aisle um, that we are um, you know clear and cohesive on our messaging. Uh, about social equity and diversity and those priorities um, for the future of the industry. And so, you know, again, it's it's yet to be seen how these programs continue to evolve on a state-by-state -state basis, but, um, you know, we are seeing a tremendous amount of progress from the way that they originally were formed uh, and where I believe they're headed. Let's go and go to commercial break. Again, I'm here with the president and CEO of Flower One, Kellen O'Keefe. We're talking social equity and cannabis industry here on the program. And we will talk a little bit about what has been done, even though we haven't necessarily got any direct response from the president and the administration, but there have been things that have been worked on to make that first step. We're going to talk about that after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back. I'm here with Kellen O'Keefe, the president and CEO of Flower One. And by the way, if you want to go and take a look, if, you, if you're not following with them, listen, they are publicly traded. You can find their common shares traded on the Canadian Securities Exchange under the symbol F-O-N-E. And in the U.S., they're on the OTC market under the symbol F-L-O-O-F, floof. And also the Frankfurt Stock Exchange under the symbol F-11. Website is Flower One flowerone.com now kellen i mentioned before the break that we talked about where we want to see president biden you know extend some real 
change when it comes to while we're waiting for, you know, Congress to go ahead and come together and finally pass the bill because there are several bills already been put into place. We know that Vice President Harris, before she became before she left her Senate seat, did uh, draft a bill for cannabis. We know that Senator Booker's done the same. We know that Senators Wyden and former Senator uh, uh, from Colorado, and his name escapes me right now, Gardner. There we go. They did the States Act. So there are various acts available. And, you know, to try to embed them where, you know, somewhere where we know the infrastructure was once a focus. We know that voting reform was also a focus, but nothing's been able to get passed. But in the meantime, what marijuana moment had reported is that they said the Biden administration was able to make a first step. They're trying to make a first step towards granting presidential relief to hundreds of people on home confinement, confinement, excuse me, for federal drug convictions with the Federal Bureau of Prisons asking eligible individuals to get the process started by filing clemency applications. So start the application process for pardoning some of these disenfranchised, for them, some of these people that are wrongly incarcerated. Let me go ahead and give some context, Colin, and I'll ask, uh, I'll go ahead and get to my point with you. Now, people with drug convictions who have the four years left in their sentences were able to enter into home confinement under the coronavirus pandemic relief bill, the CARES Act. About 8,300 federal inmates were allowed to temporarily transition to home confinement amid the pandemic, and the Justice Department said under the Trump administration they issued a memo saying that most will be required to return to prison when the health crisis is declared over. But Biden DOJ officials agree with the legal reasoning, but the latest move in the case, they're looking for ways to keep certain people with drug convictions from having to go back behind bars. Now, Kellen, do you see the for this federal government following through and greenlining this idea of the Bureau of Prisons to proceed? Or do you think it's just political posturing? Well, I certainly hope so. So I want to remain optimistic that they will do the right thing um, and, and hope that the administration keeps their promises and uh, that those those prisoners are set free. Yep. Now, Flower One has recently joined the GF Institute, Institute along with Green Flower in a historic push to standardize cannabis education. And you'll be providing insight, guidance, and expertise to the industry's first professional credential program. So in the education side, to bring people into the space of cannabis and the recruitment where, you know, it's not just Fortune 500 officials or executives, C-level executives coming into the space. It's people that will get the opportunity to come into the space and, you know, thrive. So as a result, uh, excuse me, uh, the GF Institute explains this, that change is a constant force in cannabis. And employers often struggle to execute on business imperatives because they're trying to do too many things at the same time and ultimately feel like their ability to focus is spread too thin in terms of other operational bandwidth. In fact, many cannabis employers try to go it alone on training programs entirely, struggling to produce training programs with the rigor and depth required to really understand and be prepared for such a fast-growing industry. And as a result, the cannabis industry collectively faces a host of painful and costly issues that all stem from a lack of training and focus on the onboarding experience. You got high turnover rates, poor customer service, unsafe or inconsistent products, costly compliance mistakes, which we talk about extensively in this program, and other roadblocks to profitability that can be solved with a standardized cannabis education curriculum and onboarding program. We've heard about, you know, various programs we put together, you know, universities trying to create certificates or try to create, you know, uh, doctorates, degrees into the space. So 
by joining the Institute here with this credential program, what can you tell me about, you know, your involvement in what, what's being put together and what kind of credentials, what this will mean, the value of this credential once given to a potential student that becomes a graduate? Sure. So really proud of Max and the entire team of, at Greenflower uh, for the work that they're doing in the space. Um, you know, they are uh, critical in helping universities across the country uh, bring cannabis education into their curriculum. And of course, that will be uh, incredible for the industry as we will then be able to hire um, professionals or people that have been educated um, on cannabis uh, specifically uh, as part of their university curriculum. And so I think that's really important and we're, we're proud to be a part of that. You know, we've offered up our facility um, to any programs inside the state of Nevada uh, or others that want to travel in from, from outside, um, you know, to, to see our facility and work with our teams um, and, you know, contribute to that education platform however we can. And then internally inside of Flower One, uh, we are looking to utilize their platform as part of our own onboarding and education process that we uh, have for our own employees and team members. So I think that's uh, another really great opportunity for us to, you know, educate people about cannabis itself, about our, you know, standard operating procedures, uh, about our company and our, about our culture, um, all of those things, uh, again, are a critical part of a team member's onboarding. And so that's, um, you know, we're able to utilize uh, some of their resources to help make that process uh, as smooth as possible. And I want to say, you know, I just realized we did go ahead and interview uh, Max Simon with Greenflower on our Plant Profits program. And I would definitely go ahead and direct people to go and listen to that episode as well. Now, Kellen... I want to go to take us to another commercial break. I know the plug, 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 and <laughs> always referring back to old episodes. Uh, I want to go ahead and come back to you, and let's talk about Flower One itself. This is kind of like, you know, for the stockholders. For those that might be potentially want to invest in Flower One, if you love, you know, this effort of social equity that's being done here for cannabis reform, well, then if you, you know, that is something that's very important to you and pertinent to you, then, you know, you can also support Flower One by helping to invest in their their continued success we're going to come back and talk about what you're doing right now in terms of product line and other things we'll go ahead and come back again with kellen o'keefe president and ceo of flower one here on blunt business after a short break rolling into some sponsors but we'll be right back with more blunt business welcome back i'm here with final questions with kellen o'keefe president and ceo of flower one here on blunt business and before you joined Flower One, Kellen, I want to ask you, you were an early partner and the Senior Vice President of Business Development at MedMen. We know we've known about the company, and, and you know, I, I still remember when I saw it open up a store in downtown West Palm Beach just to look, you know, the, the whole environment of it, putting that together. You've also worked closely with some of North America's leading cannabis brands, including Cookies, Old Pal, G-Pen, Nature's Lab, Extracts, QOA, and more. And I want to know what some of the takeaways you've gotten from these brands. When it comes down the line to creating a national scale product, because we know that down the line, once legalization happens, you want to be able to create that brand that is going to be synonymous to the whole country that everybody will know what it is. There are accessories that can already do that. But when cannabis can actually have their own national and global brands. 
That's a great question. So, so I'll try to answer that. And I think it segues nicely into what we do at Flower One. Um, but you're, you're correct. So for brands um, in cannabis today, as special as their product or their, their brand, their culture, their ethos, their um, you know, marketing might be, uh, the reality is for them to bring products to market, they have to work with licensed producers in every state and figure out how to replicate um, you know, the entire or reproduce the entire process from start to finish, uh, from seed to sale, if you will, uh, which is, is not easy. Uh, and it's extremely expensive and um, it's very difficult to accomplish for, uh, for brands that do not have, you know, ver vertical integration. Uh, at Flower One, you know, we are the largest producer of cannabis in the state of Nevada and we are a brand fulfillment partner. So we, we bring brands like Cookies, like Heavy Hitters, like Old Pal uh, to market in the state of Nevada through licensing partnerships. Um, I believe that brands are a very important part of the future of cannabis, um, you know, but to that, to that end, we also do have our own brands internally. Um, our our in-house brand NLVO is one of the top performing brands in the state of Nevada. Uh, and we're very excited and proud of what that brand represents locally. So, you know, the challenge um, that, you know, again, remains, uh, you know, to be solved perfectly is that brands, again, have to work with individual licensed producers on a state by state basis, uh, which can be very difficult um, and is not always as it's, you know, easier said than done. Uh, so, you know, we are excited to work with some of the best brands in the space. We do believe that, you know, really, you know, good brands, great brands uh, have developed customer loyalty uh, and have significantly more demand than generic products. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, there's uh, a limit, I think, to, you know, what can be accomplished um, again, without, um, you know, vertical integration or controlling your own, your own production and supply. Um, and that's why you need really great partners and partners that you trust. Um, so we're very proud of that partnership that we have and the loyalty and trust that we've created with our partners. Yeah, logistics and distribution, obviously, that'll come down the line for those companies that will get to be on the national scale. But I think it's pretty safe to say there are certain products right now. And even what you're doing right now with some of the products that you're working with, uh, with your own brand NLVO or Cookies or Kiva or Old Pal, or heavy hitters or lift tickets. The thing is, is that there are brands that have already been established and they will do well once pushed out nationally, eventually when that happens. So at the moment, Fire One, you're offering those kind of brands I just mentioned right now, consistent, reliable, scalable fulfillment to all these brands that I just mentioned here, including the clear. And you're currently producing a wide range of products from flour, full spectrum oils and distillers to finished consumer packaged goods a variety of pre-rolls, concentrates, edibles, topicals, and more for top-performing brand, top-performing brands in cannabis. So again, as we send people to the website flower1.com, flower flower-one.com, give me some of the highlights that you have there on the website. And for those that are looking for your products in stores. Sure. What's really, really special about Flower One is, is our asset and our very unique high-tech greenhouse. We have a 400,000 square foot high-tech greenhouse, and that allows us to do something very special. And we are able to utilize the power of the sun and cultivate cannabis that is comparable to indoor quality cannabis 
uh, for a fraction of the price. And we're, being, we're able to deliver that value back to consumers. So you know, our focus is on delivering quality and consistency and value. Uh, and we're able to achieve that um, through, through our very, very unique facility. Um, and so that's, that's something that, again, is at the core of our business. And, and we're, you know, very, very focused on our, our mission to share cannabis with the world and believe that everyone should have access to quality cannabis uh, at an approachable price. There we go. And we may mention of NLVO at uh, 25,000 square foot cultivation. And it's based in uh, North Las Vegas. Uh, website there is NLVO.Vegas. And real quickly, you know, as I mentioned before, if you're looking to go invest, you can definitely go and find your way to go and put a little bit of money down on the success in the future of Flower One. It's on the CSE under the symbol F-O-N-E. In the U.S., it's under the OTC Best Market under the symbol F-L-O-O-F. And on Frankfurt Stock Exchange, is under the symbol F-11. Website again, flowerone.com. Kellen, really glad we were able to get this conversation in, and thank you for making time to join us here on Blunt Business. Thank you very much for having me. It was great to be here today. And thank you, listeners, for listening as you always do. Make sure to go and rate your review on Apple Podcasts. Find the show on Spotify, wherever you find it. Click on it, subscribe it so you never miss an episode. And we'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride purpose they stitch people together if all that sounds good to you visit american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use code staple 20 at checkout that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com with promo code staple 20 when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply